So the passage that we looked at just a moment ago in Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 34, is a passage well known by a lot of people. And this, this passage um, well, is the beginning of a series that I'd like to do. Being the beginning of the year, I'd like to focus on what I believe the vision of our church should be. In fact, the vision of any church should be this. <laughs> um, okay, so it's, it's a vision of hope. Okay, now hope stands for him. O stands for others. P stands for prayer and praise. <laughs> and E stands for everyone gets to play. Him, others, prayer and praise, everyone gets to play. All right, so the next few weeks, I'll be preaching on one of those topics. So tonight, I'm looking at the topic of him and others. And so this passage that we looked at just a moment ago where Jesus answers a religious uh, teacher of the law, Jesus answers him, uh, his question is, that the religious man's question is, of all of the commandments, which is the one most important thing, right? So, you know, there's in the Old Testament, for this man, this Jewish man coming to Jesus, there's 613 laws. There's, see, I know, I know. I thought there was just 10 commandments. I thought I could probably do 10, although if I was to guess, all of us probably couldn't guess what the 10 commandments are off the top of our heads. But there's 613, right? And out of them, there's 365. Now, I, didn't, I haven't counted them. I'm just... I'm going off of someone else's research because I don't have the time or the energy. I couldn't be bothered. But there's 365 of them are negative laws. Like, don't do this, don't do that, don't eat that, don't touch that, thou shalt not, you know, 365. And then the other ones, whoever's good at maths, I'm not sure, but they're the positive ones. <laughs> so 613, thanks, John. He's going to do it. Call out later on. But out of all those 613 laws, all the religious guys, like the leaders, the teachers, you know, the, the synagogue rulers, the leaders, and all those people that would be responsible to teach the teaching of God to people, like this man that came up to Jesus, they want to just nail it down to one thing. And they would always debate and argue about what's the one thing or what's the top five. You know, like if we're going to narrow this down instead of having to remember everything, how can we just make it easy for people to please God? Right? And so he comes up to Jesus. He heard that Jesus just answered the other guys, the Sadducees, with a really great answer. And so he thinks, this guy's wise. There's something special about this Jesus of Nazareth. I'll ask him a question, which is always a good thing, by the way. If ever you're going to ask anyone a question, people, ask Jesus. All right? Don't Google it. Ask Jesus. <laughs> anyway, he comes up and he says, okay, so this is my question. And of all these commandments, which one is the most important, right? So from here on, it's a, it's a bit of a, a theme of oneness. So Jesus answers him by quoting one of the laws out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, which in the, if there's any Jews among us tonight, they would call it the Shema. It's a Shema. And they would teach children this Shema as soon as the child was able to speak so that they could learn this as they grow up. They could remember this. And the Shema is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, 
the Lord is one. Right? You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And you and that, and then and keep and it keeps going. But they would teach these children this so that they would grow up in a society where there was one God. Because they were surrounded by nations with many gods. And they would just have a they would have a God for wheat, a God for the sun, a God for bubbles in the sky. They'd have a God for all different kinds of things, just a God, different gods to worship, and they'd make them out of stone and wood and stuff. But but God, the true God, the creator God, who created heavens and the earth and people to have a relationship with him, wanted his people to learn that there was only one God. And so, yes, I have a bendy finger. But there was one God. So, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Now, this, this event, this meeting of the two, of this man and Jesus, is recorded in Matthew and also in Luke. Now, in Matthew, um, we, we have Jesus quoting the Shema perfectly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And in Luke, does the same. Heart, soul, and strength. And then in Luke, he gives him the story of the Good Samaritan because the man says, okay, who's my, who's my neighbor? And, but Mark, Mark remembers something different of the conversation when he's recording this event. And, and he actually, he adds in heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's interesting. And, and you could come at this by thinking, hmm, this isn't the right thing. Mark must be wrong. But he's not. He's actually quoting the idea of the Shema. Now, I've heard pastors preach on this and I think it's a good thing, by the way. I think it's a good thing to love God. I think you should love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. I think that's a good thing. All right, It's all about him. Focus on him. All right? Anything to do with church should be about him. You're meeting people at the door, it's about him working in those people's lives and using you to bring joy to that person or help them to feel at home. If you're making cuppers, Back where no one's going to see you, it's about him, and he's the only one that you're pleasing. You know, if you if you're singing a song, the song is about him. If you're praying a prayer, we're focusing on him. You know, it's all about him. We're going to do some mission in in the community. We're going to look after homeless people. We're going to we're going to do some kind of outreach in some way, shape, or form, or or assist people that are struggling with drugs or whatever. It should be all about him. Him at the centre, right? And that's what the point is of of this idea. Is it not that See, I've heard, I've heard some people say, let's, let's break it down into four compartments. What does it look like for me to love God with all of my heart? And then what does it look like for me to love God with all of my soul? And then what does it look like for me to love God with all of my mind? You know, and so we, because we want to try and understand how we have to do it. Right? I think that's wrong. Because we'll never do it. I just want to put that out there right now. If you think that you can... Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. You're going to be disappointed. You could probably do it better than you did it last year or the year before and you could see some progress, but you'll never get to the point where there's 100% of your heart and 100% of your mind and 100% of your soul and 100% of your strength 
loving God all by yourself. You won't do it. You can't do it. A religious mind, a religious man like this guy who meets Jesus, he thinks this is doable. I like this because I've been studying the 613 other laws and that's just, that's too hard. But if you can nail it down to one, I could probably do that. And so he does that, right? He says, Jesus gives him, this is the, this is the one thing, right? Now, Jesus is bad at maths because when he says the one thing, you know what he does? He says two things. He says, this is what you've got to do. Love God with everything you've got, right? That's what it means, just everything. 100% of who you are, love God with everything. And love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. So in other words, they are equal first place as far as commands go. Because there's no other command greater than love the Lord your God with all your heart and everything you've got and love your neighbours yourself. They're the, they're equal. They're the same. That's what Jesus is saying. And this man's like thinking in his mind, this is doable. I can do this. And especially my neighbour, I can love my neighbour. You can read Luke's Luke's account of this in Luke chapter ten, and you can see how the man got confused about who his neighbour was, because he thought his neighbour was just people that he likes. But it's pretty sad, isn't it? Because your neighbour and my neighbour, and what this what Jesus what this law is talking about is. Anybody, everybody, enemies, people that rub you the wrong way, people that don't deserve it, they actually need love. That's oh, so frustrating, isn't it, when you find out what the truth is? So anyway, Jesus gives him these two commandments, which are one. And so the teacher then says, well said, well said, Jesus. I understand. This is great. This is, I, I love this. I can use this in my life. And Jesus you know what his response was? Well, have a look in your Bible. It says in verse 34, Realising how much this man understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. In other words, that's where you need to be. You need to be in the kingdom of God, for God to be your king. All right. And this man was not far from the kingdom of God. He was close. He was close. Because Jesus is right. The greatest commandment is to love God with everything you have and to love your neighbour as yourself. You'll never love your neighbour as yourself until you love God with everything that you have. And you'll never love God with everything that you have until you receive his love. Let me ask you a question. Does God, do you believe, do you believe, do you believe that God loves you with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, and all of his strength? Yes. Yes, absolutely. He loves you with everything that he is, everything that he has. He loves you regardless of if you love him back. He loves you regardless of if you deserve it or not. He loves you regardless of if you can pay for it in, in works of service or not. In fact... He is love. He is love. He loves us. He loves us. He loves you. And we won't get to that point of loving him back until we receive his love. Now, it's cricket season, right? I love cricket season. I love the ashes. Sorry, any English people here. But I, 
I was going to bring a cricket ball, but I thought I better not throw a cricket ball around without, you know, rubber gloves or I didn't know how that would all work. So this, this is a cricket ball. See how red it is? And it's pretty heavy. So be careful. All right. I'm going to throw it. Okay. But before I do, Jono, can you throw a cricket ball to Tiaza? What are you guys doing? Uh, what? What with? I've got the cricket ball. Sorry. What were you just throwing in? I had a spare one in my pocket. No, no, no. This is the cricket ball. Oh. Jono, can you throw a cricket ball to Tiza, please? Or oh, you've got to throw it to me first. Huh? You've got to throw it to me first. I've got to throw it to you first. Yeah. Why? Because I don't have one. Catch. Done. That's a really <laughs> bad illustration, right? This is, it's really, really bad. Good catch, by the way, Tirza. But if we're expecting the world to see how much God loves them, they're looking at the church, right? They're looking at the capital C church, right? Not this church. Just anyone who who mentions that they're a Christian or goes to church, right? The world, the people out there are looking. They're watching. And if they can't see, if they see a fake cricket ball, <laughs> if they see it, if they if they see human love, which by the way is awesome. If they see a human love, they'll go, yes, that's that's great. There's a nice person doing something fantastic, all right? But if, if it's not God's love, then they won't be, they, they really won't be impressed too much because human love only goes so far. Human love goes towards people that it likes or towards people that deserve it, doesn't it? Human, human love only goes so far. God's love, goes all the way to a cross for his enemies. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God so loved the world. And in fact, I want to turn to 1 John 3.16 as well, which is um, the same John writing a, writing a letter to the early church. It's his first letter. In 1 John 3.16, he writes these words. Uh, 1 John 3. Oh, sorry, 16. Let's look at the wrong number. No glasses. Speaking of vision, speaking of vision, my goodness. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's real love, right? So when the Bible talks about love, it's talking about this love, all right? When God's talking about how much he loves, it's talking about that kind of love, a love that sacrifices for the, for the undesirables, for those that don't deserve it, for those that can't pay it back. God has revealed his love to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful good news? That just God loves you, right? God loves you. Jesus said to his disciples, so, okay, let me just backpedal. Him, right? Him. We, we ought to love him. All right, love him. Please feel free to love him at church this year. All right, that's, that's the vision, just him. Everything we do, every board meeting that we might have, it's all about him. Every prayer meeting we have, it's all about him. What would you like us to do, Lord? You're in charge. It's all about him. Right? 
others, others, okay? Others means we look after others, we care for others, we love others just as much as God loves them. Jesus said to his disciples, now, I, I grew up thinking that Jesus taught his disciples this, this is the way to go, that we should love God with everything that we have and that we should love our neighbours as ourselves and that's all we've got to do. In fact, I've heard some churches have a mission statement that says, love God, love others, make disciples. And that's cool, but to me it misses some describing words. All right, to, to make my point real quick, I'll be really quick, okay? Are you guys still on board? All right, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. So in John's Gospel, um, Jesus is talking to his disciples uh, in... Um, and it's near, near the last night of Jesus' life on earth, right? His first life on earth. <laughs> so anyway, this, this is the night, pretty much the night before he is going to die on a cross. And um, he says to his disciples in uh, John 13, 33, he says, Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Everyone say new. New. Right. This is a new commandment. And it's about to flow out of the lips of Jesus. Here it is. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. So that's the commandment. It's not love your neighbour as yourself. We, we think that's what we should be doing. We should be loving our neighbour as ourself. Jesus actually just takes it up a whole another level and he says, love one another as I have loved you, not as yourself. Why? Because Jesus' way of love is much, much higher than anyone's way of love. Jesus' way of love is so much higher. It transcends anything that we can understand. It goes beyond. It goes all the way to the cross. Jesus is love. And so he tells his disciples, this is how you should, this is the command. This is a new command. This is the one. <laughs> love your neighbour, not as yourself. Love each other just as much as I love you. And in fact, later on, he says in, verse, in chapter 15, he says the same sort of thing. He says um, in, in chapter 15, verse 12, he says, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus laid down his life for the entire world. So what does that say about the world? His friends. Jesus loves them so much that he laid down his life. That's the new commandment. Now, great. If you can love your neighbour as yourself, awesome. All right? That's really good stuff. It's better than hating them, right? But Jesus is calling us to a higher, a higher way of living. We are to love, our, love others as much as he loves us. The same way. In the same way. Now, in 1 John, did I, did I go to 1 John? And then I took you back to John, didn't I? We, <laughs> sorry, it's confusing. In 1 John chapter 3, we looked at verse 16, but I want to go a little bit further down uh, in, and in verse um, 
23, is it? Yeah. So verse um, 1 John 3, verse 23. John writes these words. He says, and this is his commandment, right? Speaking of Jesus. We must believe in the name of his son. Oh, sorry, speaking of God. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. See, there it is again. John, John grasped this idea of love. John grasped the idea that it's not just love, loving your neighbour as you love yourself. It's actually loving your neighbour as Jesus loves them. Ah, it's so hard, isn't it? Especially when they're annoying. Especially when they don't like you. When they tease you. When they try and debate about what you believe. It's, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard, but this is the command. And he says, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. That's it's about, you see, if, if we're not loving others as much as Jesus loved them, we get out of fellowship with God. There's this, there's this tension, in, not tension, what's the word I'm looking for? Offense. There's, an, there's a spiritual offense where we're, we're separated from God in a sense because we're not loving others as Jesus loves them. And so while we're in 1 John, I'll look at, I just want to finish. Oh no, let's not. Let's go to John chapter 22. <laughs> really quick. I always say that, don't I? Really quick. John chapter 20, 21. John chapter 21. There is no 22. Um, after Jesus rose again from the grave, he meets up with the disciples again. Now, Peter, Peter, the, the leader of the disciples, right? Now, he thought that loving God with everything that you've got was a doable thing. He actually thought the old way of loving God. So that's why he said to Jesus on the night that Jesus was going to be crucified, he said, I'll even go with you all the way to, the, you know, to, the, to death. I'll fight, I'll fight for you all the way. I'll strive to love you. I'll prove my love for you all the way, right? So he, was, he thought it was a doable thing. To love God with everything that you've got, like that you've got. But was he mistaken? Yes, he was. Because he got to the end of following Jesus. He was sitting around a campfire and Jesus was getting tried for being blasphemous and it was it was injustice right there and then. And Peter denied being a follower of Jesus. He said, I wasn't with Jesus. I don't even know who Jesus is. And Immediately, the rooster crowed and he wept bitterly and ran off. And that's the last we see of Peter because he tried to love God with everything he has and he failed. Then we see this scene in John chapter 21 where the disciples have gone fishing. Sorry, John chapter 21? Yeah. The disciples have gone uh, fishing. And there's this guy on the beach. It's Jesus, right? And he calls out to them, Hey, everyone, you got any fish? And they hadn't caught anything all night. And, um, and they said, No, we don't have any fish. Thanks for asking. And he says, Throw your net, throw out your net on the other side, right? And so they did that and they caught heaps of fish. And then John, it says here in the Bible, it says, Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. You know, 
Like John's the guy who wrote John's gospel. You know that, right, everyone? And he describes himself as who? The disciple Jesus loved. Do you describe yourself like that? Do you describe yourself as the person that God loves? The person that Jesus loves? Oh, I'm, the per- I'm the Anita that Jesus loves. I'm Jono. Jesus loves me. By the way, I'm, I'm loved by Jesus. My name's Tila. How are you going? Do you describe yourself like that? No, but we should, we should describe ourselves like that to ourselves. And John was at this point where he, he was at this point, I believe, where he got to the point where he said, you know what, I can't love God with everything I've got, but I believe that he loves me with everything he's got. And that's good enough for me. I'll start there. And so John knew that Jesus loved him. And he's in the boat and they're all looking at this guy on the beach. They can't recognise who it is. And they hear his voice. They didn't even recognise his voice. But as soon as he said something that made sense to his spirit, it reminded John, hey, this is, this is my loving God. And, and a person who understands that God loves them can see what other people can't see. They'll get through 2022 like no other person can. You know, they'll get through February. February's going to be a bad month. It's going to come real hard, thick and fast, bang, bang, bang. They won't be perturbed. Why? Because they're the disciple that Jesus loves. I wonder if we can say that about ourselves this year, as we head into this year. Anyway, they meet up with Jesus. Peter actually jumps out, right? Strips off, swims into the beach, meet up with Jesus, they have breakfast, and then Jesus and Peter have this conversation. Now remember, Peter... Peter turned away from Jesus around the campfire back before the crucifixion. And then Jesus has this conversation with Peter. And after breakfast in verse 15, Jesus asks Simon Peter, he says, Simon, son of John, that's another name for Peter, right? Do you love me more than these? Now, the word in Greek for love is agape love, which is God's way of love. Do you love me the way God loves more than these people. In other words, do you, do you really think that you can love like God? And so Peter then says, Lord, yes, you know that I phileo love you. And that's a word for meaning friendly love. So Peter, he realises he can't love like God loves. And so Jesus asks him again and again and again, and it goes on, okay, and, and I'll cut the story short. In verse 17, a third time, Jesus asks him, Simon, son of John, do you phileo love me? Not do you love me like God? Do you have that kind of love for me? Do you have just a friend love for me? Let's start there. And Peter responds by saying, yes. You know all things. You know that I'm in that position. I can't fully love you with everything. I know that about me. I I know about my heart, says Peter. I know that I fail. I know that I mess up. I know that I'm not perfect like John <laughs> or I'm not perfect like you know Matthew or whatever. Like we look at other people, don't we? And we go think, we think, oh, they know what they're doing. Like the pastor, he's got a greater relationship with anybody. God listens to his, his prayers more than mine. Bunk them. God loves more than anyone. And, um, and, and Jesus, Jesus reinstates him into leadership again because of his love for Peter, not because of Peter's love for him. We're called, we're called to love God and to love others. We'll never do that unless we fully receive his love into our hearts.
And we need to, in order for that to happen, we need to actually admit to God and say, sorry, God, that I'm never going to measure up to your holy, 100% kind of love that you have for me. I'm never going to measure it up. Please forgive me and help me to turn away from what I know is wrong, striving for my own relationship with you when you're the one who did all the striving on the cross. I just believe that and I receive it now in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. And he pours his Holy Spirit into us as a deposit, as a deposit that guarantees our inheritance into heaven, which is awesome because when the Bible says in Romans 5 that he pours out his love into our heart by his Holy Spirit. So the more Holy Spirit we have, the more of God's love we have, guess what happens? We leak. We go to the shop and all of a sudden people realize how much God loves them because they can see how much we love them. We meet, we meet the person that is rubbing us up the wrong way and they're like, whoa, what's happened to you? <laughs> Did you get your hair done? No, it's not your hair. What is it? <laughs> it's God's love poured out into your heart. There's story after story of Christian men and women over history that have changed their world because they've received God's love in their heart. And so they're able to forgive others. Even people that have killed their own family members, they're able to forgive them. It doesn't make sense unless it's the love of God because that's exactly how much God loves us. God loves us so much that he gave his one and only son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins before we could even ask for it or deserve it or earn it. He just, he's just a one-way street love. He just keeps going. You can't turn it, turn it away. It's just he loves you. All right. So if anyone here is struggling to receive God's love for them tonight, I want you to just to receive it and just say thank you. Just believe the truth that God loves you. He actually really, really does. He's proved his love by sending Jesus into the world. I'll finish there. I've talked too much. But talking about God's love is talking about God's love is such an amazing, it's just like a deep ocean. So much love there. But um, love is love is opening ourselves up, and He's opened Himself up to us. I'm going to pray. God, we just thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for your love, your love, Father, that that goes goes beyond comprehension, goes beyond logic and reason. Your love extends. It extends to the people who do not deserve it. That includes all of us. Lord, help us to receive your love into our hearts. Pour it out, Lord, by your Holy Spirit into our hearts tonight that we might be vessels that carry your love to our next appointment, <laughs> to the next person who needs to know that God loves them, that we might be your hands and feet Lord, help us to love you with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. Help us to love others just the same way that you've loved us. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for not doing that. And strengthen us by your Holy Spirit to honour you in everything that we do and say. In Jesus' name, amen.